Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Suf from Birmingham, and you're listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, if you could go back in time just before lockdown and give yourself one piece of advice or a hobby to take up for lockdown, what would it be? Okay, here comes the show. And remember, question everything. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dane Baptiste Question Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, Dane Baptiste, my producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello. And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from... We are talking everything from Suff, from Birmingham's question, what pre-lockdown advice would you give yourself... Uh, what hobby would you, you suggest taking up? Dane, w- uh, anything that comes to mind? Um, a hobby I would have taken up is maybe effective crypto trading. That seems to be the thing everyone's doing now. Yeah. Uh, so I'd have learned how to like, you know, uh, sort of my crypto portfolio. And these NFTs as well, there's non-fungible tokens that people are getting now as well. Apparently the Charlie bit my finger meme sold for half a million yesterday. Right. So right. I'd have familiarized right. myself with that stuff. And I might—I was thinking I might have gotten like a hair transplant and just let it grow because that's what you're supposed to do. Then I think, do I want a hair transplant? And also, I feel like the hair transplant technology is kind of like where vegan cheese is at the moment. It's not really where I want it to be, or I feel comfortable enough to be yeah. involved in that kind of thing. So I'm not sure. But I think maybe learn a lot of the language or does some exercise. But um, yeah. no, those are all good answers. They're all good answers. I mean, but to my real free lockdown advice is just to kind of be able to take care of yourself either way and not be bored of your own company. And uh, I've managed. I think I managed to achieve that most of all and fall out with relatively few people. So. Well, that's a pretty good result, really. Yeah, well, I think I only threatened like two people over the course of a year, <laughs> and that's good. Yeah. And one of those people was a bailiff, so that's always good. <laughs> well, well Sub <laughs> from Birmingham, we hope that answers your question. And suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all the questions, don't we, Dane? Absolutely. And if you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, and you'll never miss an episode. Or subscribe to us on Acast the world's biggest podcast network where you can hear from all of our very special guests with that being said on today's show our guest is a british comedian and actor for his live comedy work he won leicester comedian of the year and chortle best newcomer he's gone to perform on comedy on tv shows such as live at the apollo and tonight at the palladium he is well known for his tv work on programs such as argumental virtually famous play to the whistle and flinch and he has a new live show back from the bed coming autumn 2021 and spring 2022 it's sean walsh Hey. Thank you. He also, he also got a new haircut and he's from Lucian as well originally. I'm not sure how he feels about his South London roots, but I'm exposing it on the podcast. Why, Sean? Why don't you love being from Lucian? Yes. That's my that's not my question. No, that's yeah, yeah, no, no. I just, I I to be honest, I just forget. And I don't think I think it comes with too much explaining. Right. Because I don't think do I I don't think I come across as if I come from Lewisham. So I what so I just can't be, but I'm from Brighton, really. You know, right. I look like I'm from Brighton. That that works. <laughs> That's what Lucian's full of people like that now. That's, things have changed, Sean. 
It's all gone round full circle. I know, so now you I can know, come back. I know, but yes, no, but I grew up there when it wasn't like that. So I just can't be. But I, you do, you do the Lewisham thing. Isn't Rob Beckett from Lewisham as well? He's moved out and all, isn't he? He's doing, doing all right. <laughs> he's, but he's so, from, he's from nearby. I think nearby. It's, uh, it's, it's a very funny part of the world, Lewisham. It really producing is. Producing lots of funny people. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> there's loads of funny people. There's me, yourself, Rob. Um, Sarah Pascoe lived there for a bit. Right. As did Jimi Hendrix in Lewisham. Oh. Um, yeah. Was he funny? Hilarious, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine when he made jokes, people laughed along. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, you know, definitely. In his head, it probably was very, very funny. Ian Wright's from Lucian. He's funny. He is very funny. I used to I used to play football with one of Ian Wright's sons. Well, not well, Sean well. Or, or Bradley. Yeah, Brett. You're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, well. Look who remembers his roots after all. He used to be able to do a uh, hundred kickups yep. when we were like nine. Wow. It was incredible. Yeah. Yep. What do you know him? Yeah. Well, I know them him through the other two because I went to school with them, Sean and Bradley. That's crazy. So I mean, Sean, why would you turn your back on this wonderful um, history of yours? <laughs> I did. It was my mum that turned her back on it. It wasn't me. It's Sean, I'm not going to come on the podcast and call your mum a failure. That's not fair, Sean. <laughs> she had her reasons. I can't imagine what they could possibly be. <laughs> Can we just get the years that you were in Lewisham, just to clarify for our listeners, uh, Sean? I think I was in Lewisham. We left when I was like 11. Right. Okay. So pretty, yeah, you had a pretty good time there. But your, your teenage years define you pretty pretty big, right? When I was when I first moved to Brighton, everyone would take the Mickey out of me because like, I would like talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I would talk like as a little kid. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm joking now, man. I used to, I used to suck. This is so ridiculous. I used, I used to suck my teeth. <laughs> it is not ridiculous, John. It may have sounded ridiculous. I didn't get my kissing my teeth done until I was in my. That's my it. Teeth kiss my teeth. I didn't get into kissing my teeth either or sucking my teeth until I was a teenager. Anyway. And so it took me many years to work it out. So you're Can't right on track. Do it, do it, do it. Yes! Yeah. I don't think it's... Yeah, thank you. That's really... There you go. That's still good. Did you also do yeah, that thing? Good. Did you do that thing? Yeah. That takes, sure. that takes a while. No, well. one in, no one in Brighton could do that's, that. Uh, just no for our listeners, that's our flicking our index finger against our other finger. Well, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Dane is masturbating <laughs> on this podcast. No, I've done it so it's well. Extremely off-putting. Well, if you had a problem with it, you would it short. That's the idea of this podcast. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're fine with the masturbation. That's why you didn't say anything. <laughs> Huge fan. Huge well, fan. speaking of which, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane? <laughs> as, the, as the former I mean, show dictates. I mean, that is as smooth as masturbating yeah. without lube. That, that's the way. Um, yes. You are, you are absolutely right, Howard Cohen, uh, who you, seems mate. to be not familiar with masturbation at all. <laughs> but uh, Sean Walsh, as our esteemed guest and longtime friend of the podcast, we invite you to ask uh, the first question, any question you would like, which we like to discuss for 15 minutes and some change. Then Howard will do the same. Then lather, rinse, repeat. I'd like to ask you a question which we discuss for 15 minutes and some change, give or take. And then we'd like to know, our lovely listeners to know where they can find out about your very good works and what you're doing in the future before you go on to live a very fulfilled, slightly lucianless life. Sound like a plan? <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah, thank you for mapping out my life. Cheers. All these directions, especially if you're from the Blue Borough, Sean, you know that. Right. So should I, do you want a question? Please. Yes, please. Would... Would life, as we know, would life be better or worse without the internet? 
But the basis of recording this podcast, definitely worse. Uh, but we're going to put that to one side, I think. Yes. Uh, I mean, you could do cassette tapes, you know, Howard. You could always always film this, like, go back to the old school if we really is, wanted to do it. This is very convenient. It's very convenient what the internet provides <laughs> yeah. for podcasters. But that's Well, this is what it does. It provides convenience, mm. isn't it? That's the thing, because all the sort of pros of the internet are, well, I don't have to talk to anyone when I want a Chinese. Like, yeah. that's... That's, That's what you're getting. Yep. You're getting you're getting maps, mm. which is good. You know, I think it's very handy. If you've got to get somewhere, all you have to do is look at your phone. It will tell you where that is. That's convenient. Yeah, correct. So what you're getting out of it is convenience. But then it's causing lots of other issues. It's fucking a few things up. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's <laughs> fucking a few and, things and I up. And I would point out that if you said to me the internet and removed yeah. social media... I would say let's keep it, but social media is definitely the uh, big thorny issue with the internet. I'd say there's other issues as well, like the conglomerates that, like Amazon, that seem to dominate everything. But I think we can probably work some of that out <laughs> as time passes, maybe. But I don't know how you work out social media. It does seem to be ruining existence <laughs> in a lot of ways. I, I would argue. Which way? What way? I think that human interaction, like this, I know I know you're on a screen, Sean, but I've met you many, many yes. years ago in Edinburgh. It's been a long time, but it's very nice to see you. And, and this is human interaction. You know, it's communication with our brains, uh, not our bodies as such, but you know, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's, if I saw you in person, we'd handshake or whatever. You know, it's, it, I like human interaction. That's to me... I'm I, I'm I'm still doing the elbow, but sure, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like you know there's there's a lot to be said for you know like I mean, when you see a friend and you talk to them, you know it's 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 that's a powerful thing, and 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 I just don't think the in, uh, social media is offering anything to replace that, but it is kind of getting in the way of of that, you know. I think uh, the discussion about the internet as uh, as a technological phenomenon is very similar to that of television. Or even like uh, firearms, or even fire. In that, like they've basically revolutionised aspects of human civilization as fire did. But like, the internet is very similar to fire in that it's because it's a massive boon, but can also be massively destructive to human civilization. In that fire heats your food and keeps your house warm, but also can burn your house down and burn you. And I think with the internet, I don't really think it's so much the internet as a phenomenon; it's the use of which that is the problem. Because you could argue that the we now have access to a super information highway. Where nowadays, if you're a kid and you before, if you got like to have to learn something in history, you had to go through history books and find an appendix and then go through various appendices to find out what would be the relevant stuff. Now you can put something in Wikipedia, which doesn't necessarily let it accurate, but gives you an overview of something. Then go to the reference sources as well. Then you can go on the internet and find someone's probably done it or explained it to you. Then go onto YouTube and watch an instructional video or a uh, informative video about it. And I think that that is a amazing, it's an amazing time where if you want to actually do research into something, you can find out um, from a number of different sources. So when, it, when people say that like history is another word for his story, like if you want to get an alternate, narr an alternate narrative about a particular historical phenomenon, you can find it on the internet. I think the problem is though, is that we don't, that is what we refer to as knowledge, but what we have is access to information. We have more access to information than we've ever had. Like hmm. if you really want to, like before, you might want to, you, you, you may know something about the IRA from maybe reading a newspaper. Whereas now, if you want to make a bomb yourself, 
you could probably go on the internet and find out how to do that. So what you're saying is it's good for studying, but bad for terrorism. Um, well, it depends what you define as terrorism, really. But I think it's I think it's good for uh, knowledge, but it's um, bad for information because I think there's an abundance of information, and I don't think we've had enough time to learn how to curate and use that information correctly. Um, which is why we've had this, expl- you know, especially over the last four years, you know, we've had the explosion of all these counter narratives and the accusations of fake news and fact checking. And that's kind of skewed the whole thing as well. But I think the information superhighway as the internet was initially known, it's not a coincidence that as it's allowed for more streamlined and more ready access to information that pornography became free. I don't think that's a coincidence myself personally. And Hmm. if I go on the internet, I can find other conspiracy theories that will verify um, what I think. And I think that's the other part of the internet. That's an issue as you say with social media. Again, I don't think it's the issue of social media because technically the social media provides you the opportunity to be more connected than you could ever be. Like the idea of speaking to your friends or relatives in other countries used to be something that would be very difficult to do if you had family in like Australia, say. But now you can have a real time, real life conversation with somebody on a video phone, even mm. if they're in another part of the entire world, which, you know, can really help with loneliness. Unfortunately, because of human beings, we have not, uh, and who we are as people, we're a social species anyway. So even though we can have access to other people at our fingertips. It still doesn't um, supplement, like you said, the human connection, like you said, Howard. Yeah. And I think that it's it's given people the power of God and people weren't supposed to be gods. And that's why social media is fucking people up. Because Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you are... When I, when, I, when I say a God, I don't mean the God because the, a God is someone that's yes. omnipotent, omnipresent and omniscient. So that's all-knowing, all-powerful and all-present. Yes. I don't think human beings are supposed to be like that. That's why we sleep, for example. So we're not supposed to know everything that's happening all the time, everywhere we go, because to any normal human being with a normal mind, that's going to take some toll on your mind after a while. Like, for example, before the news cycle and stuff, like you might hear about bad stuff in the news, but you'd be able to balance that with some positive things that would take place in your day. Whereas mm-hmm. now you have access to like global news, you can find out something shitty that is happening in every square mile of the world all the time. And if you can wake up and pick up your phone and be like, people are dead. That's going to have a long-term effect on you after a while. Sean, as the, as the ask of this question, what, what kind of inspired you to, to pose it? Well, that's a good question in itself. I think that you find yourself often, or I find myself, perhaps one does find themselves throughout the day looking at their phone and sort of making the noise, oh, God, (laughs) at their phone. And I just think that I I sort of, I romanticise, there's this idea of what life would have been like before the internet, that that sort of pace of just being on your, because it's noise. Mm, It is noise. It's so noisy. It's so cloudy. It's so messy. It's so, you can't untangle it. You can't make sense of it. You can't break it down. And that's not peace. And I, I, I on Sunday, I, um, I turned my phone off the whole of Sunday. I didn't look at it. I, I turned it off on the night before I went to sleep and uh, woke up and the phone was off. And I had such a peaceful day. Lovely. And I just thought, God, life was, you know, you weren't, but there wasn't this noise, this cloud just following you throughout the day. And I think... Clouds are good turn of phrase as well. Yeah, but me... That's what that's what collective consciousness is referred to as a cloud, isn't it? Because with Apple and how everyone's connected, that's how we kind of refer to ourselves as a cloud. All of our videos yes. and memories and stuff is all stored in a cloud, which is occasionally hacked. 
And there's this sort of anxiety. I don't know what if you if you guys have this, but this sort of. I mean, like, do you ever feel like you you know when you have you ever like thought you've lost your phone? Yeah. The anxiety that shoots through your body—it's like heartbreak. It's like it's worse than heartbreak. Just think, I've, I've lost my fa- and that anxiety that comes with people that. will be drunk and fall down and crack their head open and be like, "Oh, that's all right." And if there's their phone, they'll be like, "My God, I need to go to the hospital." And that's how bad we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing—the thing about it is—is—is—is is, 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 to me, you know, this technology that we all have in our pockets or in our handbags uh, would be totally fine if you thought that the human race was capable of controlling themselves that's the issue you've got right you, you, it's about controlling yourself so like take it put it this way right if i said to you now hey sean dane go and look at facebook right well if you go and look at it for like five minutes right and i was like cool just so you know that's the only time you're looking at facebook today I think that would probably not be that detrimental effect, but it's this kind of like regurgitated kind of habit that it turns into like almost feeling like it does feel like gambling at times, right? Oh, look, I've got someone who's fucking like something. Great. That means a lot to my existence, doesn't it? That's because there is a commercial interest in you doing that as well. Of course. You have to remember like, you know, whenever there's any kind of individualism, someone's going to be able to make money from it. So there is, it is very much encouraged for people to continue to use their phones. And also like, I suppose, like TV works, like the thing that, I mean, social media for in particular is, has, you know, I think just replaced television in that uh, people will say, it's more invasive. It's more more invasive. It's it's not more invasive. It's just that there's more regulation exists now. That's all comparatively. So it's just the only frame of reference. It's just that we have two frames of reference because it's like people would say that TV was more invasive than uh, radio was or like newspapers were. Mm. So, you know, and even television itself really is digital projection anyway. Nowadays, with your TV can be connected to your phone, and they can still send you cookies and work out your algorithm and send you adverts mm. if you look at YouTube or your. So, for me, it's like it's just there's no regulation with the internet, I suppose, and there's and there's that's going to be a good thing and a bad thing because the lack of regulation means that you know you don't have to subsist on multi on mainstream media resources to find out about your news and stuff. Because there's a lot of there's probably a lot of phenomena that we found out very recently. So far as you know, things like Monsac Fonseca, also you know leaked, I, you know leaked documents about you know hashtag Me Too, uh, you know a lot of political intrigue. If it wasn't for the internet, you wouldn't find out about these things. If you had to subsist on what you saw in mainstream media, no. so that availability of information is important. But at the same time, it also means that you know having that kind of democracy. I don't think it's it's not something as human beings we're used to seeing, and we probably understand more now why regulatory bodies and aristocracy exists within our society because even though the idea that everyone and that's why you know you now hear this mantra about people that buy into social media i'm entitled to my opinion but that never used to be something that people would say that often but the democratization of social media allows everyone to feel as if whatever they have to say is relevant and not everything that everything everyone has to say is relevant even though you know the idea was we were people forget that democracy means mob rule so if you you know get enough people kind of wound up and, and kind of riled up, they'll say what well, or do whatever. I've been saying that to my wife recently about a few things, and it's definitely not got. She's basically told me I think I think you believe in authoritarian rule because I would keep saying I keep saying that <laughs> I keep saying that I don't think people need to know about the variants. 
Like, I don't think, I mean, in, the, in the way that we've been given so much information about it, I just don't think people, people just need to be told what to do. It's like off the offside rule. Uh, if you look at, you look at these lines being drawn on football pitches all the time. It's like, just tell me if it's offside or not. I don't need to see the lines. I don't need to see the lines. Howard, that's the problem is that <laughs> the human beings, one of the problems is, is that it's more of the power we're giving over to social media. So before with things like offside, we were like, I'm not too sure, I'm not too sure. And now, now that there's VAR, people are always complaining. But yeah. this is what we ask for. You wanted it to be accurate. You wanted to involve artificial intelligence in your football. So rather than making it a triumph of the human spirit or the slight of the human hand and eye or foot, you made it involving computers. So now that computers are involved, all the fun, all of the risk is removed from it because we'll just go back to the replay and see exactly what happened. So that's changed the game now. People are like, VR slowing stuff down. That's what the fuck you asked for. And I think this is the problem is that the issue about the internet, not so much the internet, it's more about the fact that whenever human beings give over their power of their ability to think critically, they give it over to uh, artificial intelligence, then it can make you very lazy. And mm-hmm. part of that being lazy is not having the laziness of not seeing what the humanitarian impact is if you troll somebody on the internet or if you make a comment about somebody that can be damaging to their self-esteem or their psyche. With the internet, you're not forced to confront that directly. Whereas if you have to look at that person in the face and repeat the same thing without the gift of anonymity, you'd be less likely to say the same kind of thing, which is why people who tend to say the most vitriolic things on social media are either shut-ins who never go anywhere else or don't go out in public, or they're people that have anonymous accounts or they use like pseudonyms in order for them to say what they want to say. The problem is with that is that at the end of the day, I said this before in an Edinburgh show. In, I did, uh, what show was it? Yeah, where I said reasonable doubts. When artificial intelligence wants to take over, because that's the new race, they don't, they're very different to us. So human beings, you'll notice how we've moved our consciousness is that we are trying to imagine ourselves along the same lines as artificial intelligence. That's why people keep talking about all of the things that make them different. Like I'm this sexual orientation. I live here. I will use these pronouns because that's how, uh, you know, binary code works as well. It's very, very rigid. Whereas most human beings can't really quantify their humanity into like four lines of these are my pronouns. This is where I live. This is what I, this is my political disposition. Most of us are a bit more fluid in that respect. Mm. But now that we're trying to contextualize our lives along artificial intelligence, you're seeing human beings become a lot more rigid. And what we don't understand is that, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We use social media to create a false image of ourselves. But what we're doing at the same time is that we are telling the truth to all of artificial intelligence. So, Hmm. you know, when we watch films like the Terminator about Matrix. Skynet taking over the planet. Yeah, the Matrix or the Matrix and stuff. They don't going to need to use any agents or any weapons because you tell the internet all your secrets. How? <laughs> what do you type into Google or DuckDuckGo or what people type into Ask Jeeves? So we might lie to our friends about what we're into, but what we really want, because we tell the computer what we want, they already know. 
So, I mean, the only issue. To well, I, I usually just just want a chicken madras with <laughs> pilau rice. To be honest with you, I, I don't believe you, Sean. <laughs> I think he may have browsed the Balti here and there, or a Rogan Josh, <laughs> yes. or maybe even looked at a Lambuna. So don't come here with that me. shit. Whilst... You've got me. Yeah. You've got me. Probably got, an, probably got more poppadoms than you needed that day too, Sean. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you see? I, love, I do love a poppadom. There you go. That's the truth. That's the truth. Be who you are. And I think the phone, I can't lie. The phone knows I love a poppadom. The phone knows you love a poppadom, Sean. Speaking it, of poppadoms... Um, uh, watch this, w- watch this segue. Um, <laughs> no, but that was a great question. My 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 question is food related, so that's why I'm jumping in to, okay. to, to But that we love that question, Dane. Right? That, I mean, we should have that question again. Like I, mean, I could talk about that question forever. Brilliant question. Can I just say before you move mm. on? I I think we should scrap the internet and all just carry around a map. And make sure we meet our friends on time. Perfect. <laughs> that's it. Do you know what, Sean? You can run for government or that. I think somebody had that idea, Sean, and someone was like, this is taking ages. <laughs> I, yeah. But, I think, yeah. but even then, it's like we talk about our friends. We don't have that many friends. The internet has fooled us into thinking that we have this many connections <laughs> to most human beings. And most human beings don't have that many friends. Yeah, like people got true. like 5,000 friends on like Facebook. No one's got 5,000 friends in real life. Nobody can remember 5,000 people's names without social media. Nobody can do that. So, you know, a lot of, yeah. like, some people are dead and their, 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 their uh, social media profile remains. I think we're just going to have to learn in, like, it's evolution. And some of us are going to learn to coexist with the internet and some of us aren't going to do so well. If yeah. you are somebody that has an avatar with a picture of the Crusaders, the odds are you aren't going to survive. Yep. Well, sound, sound <laughs> advice. Sound <laughs> advice to those people. My question is going to be about um, food, uh, childhood food problems. Um, I've got this baby, Sean. Uh, he lives here now. Is it yours? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, made him with my wife. And, uh, <laughs> Always have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, he eats food now. As uh, Dane mentioned, he saw a video the other day that I posted of him eating. Uh, you know, he's eating a lot of food. Um, but obviously, sometimes he just like looks at something and just goes, "Well, this is shit, uh, and I don't want this," <laughs> and just throws it away, uh, which gets quite infuriating. And it kind of interesting because it reminded me of my own issues with food, right? And I wanted to ask you both, what food did your childhood fuck up for you? Because I've got two specific <laughs> foods that I cannot eat, and it's really embarrassing now because the child needs to eat healthy, right? I can't go near cucumber. It freaks. Honestly, something happened in my child. I don't know what, but I cannot. <laughs> I can. I mean, I can, don't. Let's not. Even as you're a cucumber, let's both do. Sean and I, there's a premise that we're way too close to touch. Am I right, Sean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can guarantee you, it was purely uh, an edible problem. Uh, <laughs> promise that I just didn't hated the taste of it as a kid, and, it, and I've never been able to eat cucumber. Can you? Can you? Can eat, you can eat anal beads, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Cucumber. I, I don't think you need to worry about the cucumber. I think you're going to be okay. You don't. You're not missing. You're not missing much. Hey, I feel embarrassed in front of my kid. I feel embarrassed in front of my kid that you know there'll be a salad and I'm jumping around the cucumber. Does anyone want my cucumber? I'm that guy. Okay, Howard. I don't think anybody's in therapy being like, I wish my father would, you know, be open to newer things. Yeah. My sexuality. I'm not talking cucumber, first world Cucumber problems. and a salad. Like yeah. he was never, he could never be open to things, and all he would do is eat fucking courgettes. 
Also, I'd be I'd be very wary of uh, of being in a restaurant and shouting, "Does anyone want my cucumber?" When I'm not on my own, I'm usually with people who like me, uh, and they and I say to them, "Do you want my cucumber?" I don't really like cucumber. Uh, okay, I mean, I can't imagine there's too many people taking you up on that. Yes, I'll have the cucumber. I've got... My wife will have it. My wife will sometimes have a bit of extra cucumber. Okay, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Good to know. It sounds like good, good to know how. Yeah, you're writing that down, Sean. I think I think that Howard's wife just really likes cucumber, and then basically just like makes it and goes, "Are you gonna have that? Ah, oh, fine, I'll take it then." It's like you know, like, it's like you know when men buy like presents for their wives, but it's like not really for their wives. When she's like, oh, right. a snooker table you shouldn't have. I'll take it, love. Don't <laughs> yes. worry. No, don't worry then. Yes. Yeah. So, so my issue is cucumber from my childhood. Sean, Dane, have you got any food issues from your childhood? I have several. Several. <laughs> Pretty much anything that. No, no, no. F- food issues, Dane. Food issues. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they all, they, I mean, that's the springboard into the real issues, Sean. So, you know. Yes. Starts, okay. starts, all starts in the stomach, mate. Gut, gut instinct, if you will. Um, yes. <laughs> my, my first one would have been with uh, red meat uh, because I, I grew up right. during the uh, BSC, the first mad cow disease scare. Um, mm. And the meat that was being served in my primary school was dubious at best. So I was like, oh, I don't know about this. You guys aren't particularly uh, known for your cooking. And um, I remember being sent to see the said master and my sister and her friend was there as well because they also decided to go on a red meat strike. And um, yeah, so nice. that was so red meat, I, I, depending on where it's from. You went on a, you went on a red, you, did you actually go on a red meat strike? <laughs> yeah. That is, that is, that is brilliant. It wasn't hard. Brilliant. My mum doesn't really make that much, other than spaghetti bolognese, my mum doesn't really use the red meat that much anyway, so it wasn't really that difficult. It just meant, you know, I'll have a chicken. You were ahead of your time though, Dane. You were ahead Listen, of your time. Like People people don't understand. Yeah, like Nowadays, you know, people, you know, they said mad cow disease and then no one was like, well, no one really got mad cow disease and blah, blah. And then the, the, uh, the human form is CJD, right? Now, this mm. was the 80s. Now, how many people years later are dealing with issues of dementia or Alzheimer's and stuff that were never issues before because all of that E. coli or the bacteria has traveled up the uh, vertebrae mm. to their brain and now it's deposited there. And that's why they think one of the reasons why people are having such uh, mental health, uh, degenerative disorders. Oh, really? Life. Yeah. Wow. Good times. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's what you just that's what you need on top of COVID. I said, what a fantastic I said time to be alive. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, you, you look to this question as though you don't have any food issues from your childhood. I don't do you know what? I don't have any food issues from my childhood, but I was brought up in a, a very working class environment, which meant that my dinner was fish fingers, chips and beans, mm, sausages, nice. chips and beans, mm, bacon ooh, chips and beans. Mm. Chicken dinosaurs, chips and beans, mm. and sometimes chips and beans. <laughs> and you, you, you and you ate everything, everything you were given, basically. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem, but we were just that. I mean, that was it. The the, the microwave was on full spin constantly. <laughs> yeah. Everything was microwaved. But yeah, so I do, I mean, I, I no, there are no there are no issues. I had so many microchips. Mm, so right. many microchips I can't believe that I've not been killed off yet have you heard of rustlers do you like a rustlers as well those no I, oh I, I luckily man no no, Sean, no I'm sorry you're making too much money to be eating rustlers I'm, I'm I was about to say I'm really sorry Sean for much, saying yeah, that Sean I'm really sorry you know, mate That's, honestly I'm no apologising sorry, sorry, sorry Sean, Sean though, one sorry, of Howard's Sean. questions on this podcast has been 
why is it so hard to find good help these days? My cleaner is so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what, Dane? I did actually get a new cleaner, and she's amazing. Yeah, Chris, we love you. Even, even when he's um, like, well, cucumber for me. I mean, it just pollutes the Voss water. <laughs> it, makes, yeah. it makes my Evian unpalatable, Sean. Unpalatable. <laughs> uh, there you go. Another reason I hate cucumbers. They keep putting in fucking water, and I'm like, I don't want your cucumber yes. water. Okay. Yes. My mum cooked whenever my on a, on occasion, my mum would cook a steak, but very very mm. very 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 well done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, getting that kind of that and, steak, and, meat. So, <laughs> steak meat. <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't know until sort of my own adult life that that's not yeah. really how you're meant to have well, you, steak. Well, yeah. I was just having like great. It was like grey slabs of concrete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like plain, oh, like, plain. like plain meat. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like meat. Yeah. We yeah. have put, in yes. meat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my my other one is uh, mashed potatoes for a very long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. But because I again, it, it's all the primary school used to ruin them. So they it, they bring out all the food in like a big aluminium tray, like you're in the army or in oh, prison. Yeah. And then it's like the, the mashed mm-hmm. potato was almost like a potato plasticine, and then they would use an ice cream scoop. To take it out, and I'll just be like, "Oh, lovely!" Uh, yes. And it wasn't like you when you look at like pictures of like serving suggestions of mashed potato, where there's like always that knob of butter that's slowly melting down the side, and maybe a few chives, just straight white mash, and with a, with an ice yes. cream scoop, and I'll just be like, Ugh! and then uh, also cauliflower cheese. And, <laughs> I think that was because I found out later in life oh. I'm lactose intolerant, and then you think, you know, are you? Yeah. So there's some cheeses I can get through, like you know, nacho cheese. Macaroni cheese, pizza cheese. These were all adequate cheeses. But when you get through the cheese, which is quite always a chore for me to get through, once you get through the cheese of cauliflower cheese, all you're left is with cauliflower. And that's no fucking reward there. It's like I'm being punished yeah. for persevering through the cheese. It's like, you know, I don't know. Imagine you tucked into a lasagna and there was cauliflower in a fucking lasagna, is my point. That cauliflower is way mm. bottom rung when it comes to vegetables. It's kind of like an albino broccoli when you think about it. It is, but you know, if you give it a bit of a roast uh, with uh, turmeric, sumac, I mean, we don't stop you there, Howard. You know, you're going to get to the point. We're going to try and liken <laughs> roasted cauliflower to vegan fried chicken, and I'm going to let it fucking happen, yeah. Howard. No. No, no, no. Dane, I wouldn't go that far, mate. You know me well enough. I wouldn't go that far, but I will tell you that next time you come around my house, I'm going to make you some cauliflower and you're going to enjoy the, it. It's the one argument I've had with great friend of the podcast, Catherine Ryan. She's like, if you roast some cauliflower, it's like chicken wings. <laughs> no, it fucking isn't, Catherine Ryan. Yeah, that's that's crazy that's talk. Crazy that's crazy talk. talk. But, Cauliflower next to a nice chicken thigh with some corn that. on the cob. Because I know I love Catherine, Diana, Catherine Ryan like a sister, but my theory is because she used to work at Hooters <laughs> and then they were like, try these. Cauliflowers, they're just like chicken wings. And a guy at Hooters is obviously going to go, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does taste like chicken wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you say. Whatever you say, darling. <laughs> so I think that everyone's been lied <laughs> to there. Also, uh, plum tomato, stewed tomatoes. Like, yes, it, it is like that uh, at, at Hooters. I can confirm yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> it could literally like. be like, here's a piece of a, a wax from my ear, and a guy be like, yeah, it's like, just like chicken. The point, yeah. uh, also, plum tomatoes are disgusting. But they were also served in the same aluminium trays that the cauliflower cheese are served in. Not at the same time, but there's like just a big stew of yeah, like yeah. plum tomatoes that were just like, is this, is this mushy? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So- so if you came over to my house for dinner, Sean, I'm not I'm not making this a definite invite, but it could be depending on the rest of this show. Where do you where do you where do you live? 
Uh, I live just outside London in Nebworth. Forget it. I'm never coming. Yeah, Carry on. yeah cool. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if I did, if I managed to convince if, you... If you move to West London, I'll consider it, but carry on. But let's just say you're passing through Hertfordshire. You think, oh, well, maybe I'm hungry. Anyway, okay. whatever. I'm not, I don't really, I'm not desperate for this yes. to happen. But Hi. if it did, okay. if it did, yes. um, there's nothing I could make you that you wouldn't like. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. But for some reason, uh, since adulthood, uh, I, I, I've discovered I hate crab. There you go. <laughs> Even such stuff, crab? Brilliant. Lobster, crap, crap. I can't. Oh, shellfish. I get that. I I can't have clams and mussels, so I get that. I love mussels, love clams. Just one day. Prawns? 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 Prawns can handle prawns, but crab, I mistakenly, in a a fantastic restaurant in, I think it were, oh no. Yeah, no, it's an Italian restaurant. um, And I saw the word lasagna. Love lasagna. Nice. Let's go. I love a lasagna. It was a crab lasagna. Mm. Okay. And That's that put me up. That was a problem. Cheese, and that yeah, cheese, cheese and crab meat. Cheese and bechamel sauce and crab no. meat. That's really rich. Oh, yes. man. You must have been in the toilet for like 20, for two days straight after that. Always. <laughs> yeah. But, but, not in a regular, but not in a regular way. It's like one time I went to a steakhouse and then I went to an ice cream parlor and that took me about 48 hours to shift that lactose and red meat. So lovely, yeah. lovely images. Um, thank you. Um, I've got a friend who's terrified of crabs. Like genuinely, if you put a crab I- in his face, he or just ne- he just can't even look at them. Why? Because he thinks yeah, the way that's normal. What are you talking about? You're not meant to put a crab in someone's face. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Where are thank you? <laughs> thank you, Sean. Where, I wasn't going to. Where are? Where, he, where, why do you even know that that's his reaction? Where have you been with him? We're on the, fucking breaking <laughs> into on the, the Sea Life Center at midnight. <laughs> If we're on the beach, right? If I was on the beach with this guy and the crab went past, he'd be absolutely yes, like horrified. Yes, because he's horrified. Safe. Yes, because he's normal. Well, yes. What's so bad about crabs? What are you talking about? They can pinch you with their claws. <laughs> they don't even have a skeleton, <laughs> Howard. I've got a cat in here and it can scratch me. It's fine. You know, you live with these dangers to enjoy the animal kingdom. Wow. It's like it's like <laughs> being, it's like being on a, a Zoom call with um <laughs> Oh, God, bro. I I That's the guy. Is that, is that the guy? <laughs> Jacques Cousteau. I was going to say, I'm going to say Dr. Doolittle, but let's just move on. I don't, I don't think he even listens just, to them. Yeah, just, eat, well, just eating them. Yeah. I, I, I like crab. Crab is good. Yeah. Having defended uh, crabs um, a little bit, uh, I actually don't really like fish. That's the other thing. Cucumber and most fish. You mean you don't, uh, you don't, you mean you don't like eating fish? Yeah, I just yeah. I just find it what the bones and yeah. so much work with the bones. You see what I'm saying, Sean? Yes. Is that is that Howard talking or is there a very manipulative cat talking <laughs> behind him? Because he was like, Me and my cat, Animal Kingdom, Doctor Doolittle. And he's like, Oh yeah, I don't like fish or cucumber. Those are two things cats love fish, but they also hate cucumber cats as well. Don't love cucumber. They hate cucumber they hate cucumbers, they think they're snakes, but they love fish. So is Howard being forced to keep his house cucumber free and full of fish? Is the question there. It's a lot of feline manipulation, it sounds like. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the cat's not got that much power. I also don't like goji. I also don't like goji berries. I don't even know what. I don't even know exactly. What goji exactly. Are. So goji berries can only normally be found at those freeze-dried places like Cranberry that you get in like train stations. You know where women buy snacks when they pretend that they're the same as pick and mix, but they're just shit. Like, oh, uh, mm, some dried apricot <laughs> and yogurt-covered raisins and various types of cashew nuts. Holland and Barrett. Holland and Barrett. Yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, oh, those. Those. Yeah, those kind of nice. things. Yes. People are like, mm, these are the snacks I'll have at my desk. And you're like, what the fuck? And basically, goji berries 
are like, imagine if someone took a grape and then took, the, you know, a seedless grape and then take, took it out of his skin and then was like, we'll keep the skin and just leave the fruit. And that's what a goji berry is. <laughs> oh, I do know them. I love yeah, them. You don't love oh, yeah. them. Oh, lovely. Well, I've enjoyed this culinary dive into our problems or lack of problems that Sean Walsh has. Uh, and it's over to you for the final question of the show, Dane. Indeed. Um, cool. So, uh, my first time I was ever on TV was on your, your show, Sean. Uh, Sean Walsh's Comedy Spectacular back in 2012, I think. Do you remember that? I remember it well, actually. I do. I do remember what it is, and I remember you had a great gig, and you moonwalked off stage. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 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 do you still do the moonwalk, Dave? No, God. Amazing. Thank you for my podcast. I'm humbled and flattered by your patience. <laughs> oh my god! But you had a, you had a, yeah, but you had a great one. Who had a gig that good? Yeah, but yeah, yes, no, the, yes, the only person should be it should be Michael Jackson and no one else. But, he was already you know, dead, you know, Sean. What was I supposed to do? Okay. <laughs> and I bought tickets to that show and I never got to see him. So that's probably why that I did it. Oh, really? And it might uh, hopefully it was pertinent to the material, but I moonwalk a lot less now. But basically, um I remember that being almost I kind of like, you know, I suppose you get your first uh bite from the showbiz bug and you, and I guess you, you start making plans for where you see your profile reaching in the industry. However, I personally feel like um, when you're a comedian in particular, there's two routes you can go. I suppose you can go the route of becoming like a regular celebrity household name, OK Magazine, Sunday Mirror Magazine, all that other stuff. Or I suppose there's more of a a more artistic route where I probably you read your, your profile more strictly from doing comedy and comedy-based formats and the like. And one can make you uh, big in your genre, or one can make you, I guess, big. And my question is, what would you prefer, Sean, to be a big household name or one of the biggest names in the country or one of the biggest comedians in the country with pros and cons? Mm. I don't think there would be any cons to be. Well, I suppose you have to put... I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back at you, I'm afraid, because you have to give it some context. Because there would be no con- there would be no cons, surely, to being one of the biggest comedians in the country. But there would be obvious cons to being, I suppose, one of the biggest celebrities in the country. Well, yeah, that's, which is a good point. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, it's really just a question to find out what you would. Is there a or maybe a better way to rephrase the question is? Is there a level of fame and notoriety that you would be happy with where you're like, I don't need to be any more famous than this. Like I'm big in comedy and relatively known in the world. That's fine. Or would you want to be like, anyone needs to know who the fuck I am? Like, you know, I've, I've, I've had, I think you have to be so careful about what you say about yourself when talking about yourself. I mean, I can't be the only one that says something and then 10 minutes later thinks, what was I talking about? That's not what I mean at all. I sound like an idiot. Sure, no way. Once, yeah. once at a gig, I moonwalked off the stage like a dick. I know, yes, exactly. You can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had a very, I've had a very unique, I've had a very strange career. It's not been conventional in any in any way. The, the, you mm. know, the way the way that it it sort of a, not ended up, but 
<laughs> you know, I went, I went on, I went, on, I went on Strictly Come Dancing, and you could argue was infamous for a, a short period of time. So, you know, I've seen what it's like to be. I've lived through the the sort of dark side of of that, where you're you're the villain, and you're you know, you're um, you feel the wrath of the British public. I can tell you now that's not an enjoyable experience. Um, so, was there any of that physical? If you don't mind me asking, I hope it wasn't. No, that well, it has no. Well, it does. No, of course, it, in a sense, it does. You because yeah, you yeah. have you have you know the mental difficulties that 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 brings. Yeah, you know, of course. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, they translate as physical. Uh, you, know, you know, but the British public are they're, they're a lot. Like when 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 I think when Phil Mitchell like hit Sharon like. Uh, <laughs> Russ Kemp, like, <laughs> Russ Kemp got like hate me on stuff that I sent into his house kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So people take it real serious sometimes. So, I mean, I just don't, I, I, obviously I'm just not a fan of, of being in the newspapers for, for really any reason. So I, um, but I suppose I don't know what, I don't know what it's like to be in the news and for it to be a good thing. So <laughs> oh, I've had such, you know, yeah. I, don't, I just don't, I don't know what that's like. I'm sure it's very nice. Um, so uh, uh, for me, I would certainly, if I if I could um, cash in my chips now and go, oh yeah, I'll um, I'll just be a really popular comic. That that sounds great to me. I mean, I, I like I, you know I love being on set. I like acting and and whatnot. But the, straight off the top of my head, I'm not you know I'm not particularly uh, I'm I'm uh, I don't know. And there must be something in my character. I get I think that that. That allowed. What's well, like we we all know kind of like Daniel Kitson versus like maybe where Joel Domit is now. Is is there like a, a is that in terms, if you look at there maybe at those two archetypes? Is there maybe a preferred? Oh, you, you'd, you'd prefer to be. Oh, you would surely. I, I think. I, I, I mean, I, I I I'd like to see bank statements first. <laughs> yes. But uh, <laughs> if, if 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 Kitson can live comfortably, I, I would. I think that there would be no there would be no question for me. Which is interesting because because you obviously you know spent a lot of time as we mentioned at the beginning of the show doing a lot of very public facing you know like a lot of TV you know it it, it has its has its negative elements obviously the strictly thing had a big negative element <laughs> yes it did um, <laughs> you know. so um, yeah uh, but but you know I was very I was not very young but I was in my twenties and it it. You're just going with it. You don't really get yeah, a chance yeah, exactly. to take... And you, you've got to understand as well, it sort of relates to Dane's question. I was in my 20s. Things were put in front of me, uh, jo you know, jobs and shows and go and do these shows and whatnot. You don't really know why you're doing anything. You're just doing it. And you're not doing it necessarily be because that's what you'd want to do. You know, I... I, I I love doing any stand-up on tele television, but there were, there were things that I did that, that just weren't playing to my strengths, mm. you know. And and um, I didn't. I was I was full of so much. And I, I'm not saying this because I I want to. Um, I have to make this very clear. I'm not using this word because I want sympathy or I want to be in a a story. But most in my twenties, I was not ready for what I was doing. I was a I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> I I wasn't enjoying, and no, I wasn't enjoying most of that. I wasn't enjoying. Mm -hmm. I was just terrified, and I never felt like I should be there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and also that you know, as Dane will testify, as I would testify, your live work is superb and has always been superb and that and that and that kind of i suppose that's one of the things isn't it, is but that, it that, that was the driving that was the driving force originally well, wasn't it but what a wonderful thing dane that we get to do and you know i try and hmm. you know I've, I've had to do a lot of thinking over the last few years as we you know as we have all been given the opportunity because of the pandemic but yeah. i've had slightly you know i've had yeah, some yeah. other issues yeah. and 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 you know how i like to keep it as i go on and I try and do my best for those people in that room, mm-hmm. and I leave. Yeah. And what can happen on television is, is people can make judgments about you because of what they've read or the other thing they saw you on. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just, or, or, based, just or, based, so... or based on the edit, you didn't have control of. To be honest. Yeah, all of that, yeah. all of that stuff. And by the way, I, I need to be clear as well. I'm taking responsibility. I was not good on a lot of what I did. I was. I think I was really good at some things. I think I was okay at some and crap at others. I'm. You know, I take. I'm not blaming producers and, and all that mm. stuff. I'm not. But it's also that yeah, thing but... of marrying. This is this. That's the hardest thing as well. Just talking from a producer perspective, right? Is that marrying the thing that goes on on stage with performers and and marrying that on screen. Uh, I mean, like, for example, like, for, you know, Virtually Famous was a per- ran out a few series. Yeah, right? it did, yeah. Pop- popular show. And I remember watching you on that show one week and being like, God, this guy smashed it. This is, you know, he was really, you were really great. A particular episode I watched. And then I remember watching you live a little while after and being like, this is a completely different guy, you know? And, that, and, that, and that's kind Ooh. of one of the weird the things that makes, I think, telly a complicated conduit for putting well, it's, you know, it's, people it's who are talented in one yeah, it's, arena it's, onto it's another. It's motion picture and, you know, it's, it's a picture can say a thousand words, but like 999 of those can be lies. Then I guess what I'm trying to get as well, Sean, because obviously I think there's a lot of people in our position that would maybe look at your position and see it as being quite enviable. And I think a lot of people don't realise. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realise necessarily that um, it's not as straightforward as that, oh, you're funny and what you get to do, and you, so therefore I get to be funny on TV. Like I said, there are so many other stakeholders involved in when Sean Walsh transcends from being a performing artist to a brand that you're not necessarily in control of. So that's why I was going to ask people, because I think a lot of people think that the apex of any comedian or any performing artist is being, you know, in a position whereby you're on the front cover of magazines and on billboards and I, on I don't, shows. I don't, I don't live like that anymore. I really yeah. don't live like that anymore. Yeah. I try and have a nice, I try and have a good day. Yeah. I work hard yeah, yeah. and I try and have a good day and I don't think about what's to come. I can't control it. As long as I'm working hard and, and trying to enjoy my that's literally how I live my life. I try and have a nice day today. I don't I don't think about Are you, are you and, as a, and and not focusing on the next aspirations or you know having No, no, I don't care. No, 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 there are none. Good. There are none. Oh, good. There are none. I got have I got a show tonight. Yeah. That's the show. I'll do my best. I might be tired. I might not but what I'll do my best at that show. I live my life. I, I try and have a nice day. Yeah. I'm serious. I don't, no, no, I, don't I, I believe you. I like it. It's refreshing. I'm not, refreshing I'm, I'm not, I don't I'm, yeah, I've got, I don't, well, whatever happens will happen. Yeah, I can't. I think that's a way to carry yourself, not just within comedy as, a, as an art, but just in, I general, do. in general. I think in general. I do. Because I, I, I think I've, as I've spoken to Howard about a lot of the time as well, and, you know, about the existential crisis of being like, I should be getting to here, but by the time I'm this age, or I want to do this, do this with my career. And like, you know, Sean's doing this, and should I be doing this and put myself in a position whereby. No, 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 no. Yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, think, yeah. I think, no, I don't, I, no, no, no. I think it's a terrible. I, I was so, man, I was so unhappy in my 20s. Mm. Like I had a good time, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I also had a great time, you know, life isn't as simple as, as it sort of is made out to be when you're, you're reading about it in articles and posts and tweets. I also had a lot of fun, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I, I, 
I, I wasn't happy with like myself, what I was doing. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to be a comic actor. I saw myself as a stand-up comedian and a comic actor. That's what I saw myself as. And I, I was just so unhappy that that's not what I was doing. And I didn't realize that actually what I was doing at the time was, was a, what a wonderful experience, what could have been mm-hmm. and partly was a wonderful experience to have had. Who many, I dreamed of being a comic. I got to go and do it and I got to do it on telly. I should have just been enjoying every step of that. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate I did it, but that's pretty much life for most people. You look course, back yeah, and go, you, God, I wish I did well, that show, And I'm not business. making that mistake again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not making, no, but I'm not making, yeah, but that might be show business, but I'm not making that mistake again. Yeah. I, I try, I'm trying to enjoy my day. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not just saying that. No, no, no I, 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 I definitely believe you. Today, no, definitely. And I'll try and enjoy tomorrow when I wake up and, 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 and that's it. And um, I'm, I feel confident that I'll be doing things that I want to. I am doing things I want to do. Yeah, uh, yeah it's. Uh, it's. Uh, it, I think that goal mentality mm-hmm. that is drilled into us. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. The sort of self help. The fucking internet, Sean. The social media. You compare your life to what else is. That's where it comes from. No, but I don't. But I don't even mean the comparing. I mean like. I mean when it's sort of tried to be. It's tried to. There's an attempt to drill it into you in a positive way. You know, what are your goals? Go and get them. I just, I just think that's uh, that that mentality made me very uh, happy because yeah. it's just it's like it's like yeah, exactly as how I said it, it's like comedy. I didn't know that before I started doing stand up. I didn't know people had comedy competitions. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know you could really <laughs> compare your comedy to somebody else's and be like, oh, this is what they like. I'm like, but this might not be. If, I mean, if this joke is about somebody, then how are they going to find it funny anyway? So how that going to work? So yeah, it's always been quite a weird yeah. one. But it's also that thing of just when you're, you know, when you're growing up, I see like how you want to motivate children <laughs> to like do their homework or, you know, you kind of, there's things that you need to get into. But when we become adults, we kind of don't recalibrate. Yes, well. that's, yes. You know, we need that's to, very true. we need to kind of rethink what the purpose is. Cause I definitely think in lockdown, I've spoken about this a few times, like I really quite enjoy my life now. Oh, totally. Easy. It was lovely. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. wonderful. I was in yeah. heaven. I want to go yeah. back into lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can you can you can keep some of that life going. I think you know. I don't think I'm ever going to work five days in an office again if I can avoid it. Um, you know, it seems mental. Also, I spent I spent loads of time wasting my time talking bollocks to people in that office, never actually doing my job. So. <laughs> Uh, I definitely feel like I've got I've got a better reason to do it, but it is it is an unhealthy obsession with what's the next step, you know, well, yeah. like what's the progress, and it, and it, and you know, you, you both of you guys have achieved brilliant things in what you've done with comedy, and and people can come and see you and enjoy you doing what you do. That's that's the bottom line of it all, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, put it this way. Put it this way. I think. Put it this way. If you were footballers and you'd retired, then you'll always feel like you wish you were still playing football. That is true. And uh, comedians, comedians are fortunate to not have the same lifespan in terms of performing uh, as footballers. We're supposed to work the other way around, in that we're supposed to get more opportunities and get better as we get older. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. How, let's see how it goes now. Well, it's been a it's been a very good episode. This one, Dane. We've been all over the place. Internet, food, uh, future life plans, or not? It's 
been all over the place. Kits and all jolled of it. <laughs> Kits and all jolled. They've got the big, the big question. <laughs> I think I think comedians should have to apply to be comedians now, and they queue up and they get to the front. Kits and all jolled it right that way. Kits and all jolled it right that way. <laughs> now, you know what? It probably worked. I mean, when you, you know when you first started doing comedy, everyone because when you first started doing comedy, everyone was like, "Oh my god, Stuart Lee! I hate Michael McIntyre." So I said, "Just be like." Yeah, it seemed like some nice white guys. What's going on? And everyone's like, nah, I'm fucking back in And the guys were like, okay, they seem like nice guys. Okay. <laughs> I mean, neither of them featured, in, featured really in my in my upbringing until I kind of got more into comedy, apart from Fists of Fun. So, but I, I think for a lot of people, people always, I guess it's always about their fame or success and or validation and where, how that comes about. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, at the end of the day, I think you're right, Sean, that your humanity is always going to be the most important thing. So, yeah, man. Most well I'm with it. So, that being said, where can people catch you doing what you actually love, Sean, in the way you love doing it? Um, you can come and watch me sleep in my bedroom, live. <laughs> no, um, stand-up comedy... <laughs> Um, I just Google, Google Sean Walsh tickets. And then I've got a podcast with the wonderful Paul McCaffrey. It's 15 minutes. It's called, it's called What's Upset You Now? And me and McCaffrey moan. Yeah. Oh, love a moan, mate. Love a moan. Love a moan. Oh, I like that. All's good well, people. Uh, listeners, check it out and check out Sean's new tour for sure. Absolutely. Um, thanks for being on. I like the new hair, and uh, never forget your illusion you. roots. Never forget illusion roots because I won't. Under the condition that you do not bring on that moonwalk again. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTeast. Our guest was Sean Walsh. You can follow Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Walsh. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at WeAreAudioCulture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly, and the ACAST team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.